0: Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, mom and Dot 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 writer, foster child advocate, and this week navigator of health insurance. Because this week's big news is my toe is still fractured, uh. so I'm trying to figure out what's next. Oh no! That's so much fun, oh, and I've been so walking sorry. around on it for seven months. Oh, oh no! Boy. Did I
1: know you had a fractured toe? No,
0: cause she I didn't, didn't even know.
1: <laughs> so,
0: I thought I was all done. I thought I was all done and I oh. am not. So that's
2: me. Oh no. Okay. And I am Suzanne Kearns, mom and dot, dot, dot writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And this week I am wishing that anything worked <laughs> the way that it is supposed to. That can be gutters. That can be my roof. That can be my son's new miracle brace that that is why I have to get off this call immediately at four o'clock because we're zooming about the part that feels downturn. weird. So anyway, I just want anything to just work,
0: please. Yeah, that's asking a lot. <laughs> You're asking a lot,
1: including we your. We all calls. are. We're all asking yeah. a lot. Yes. 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 I just want my passwords to work. I think. Oh, that's...
2: Uh, yeah. Passwords for sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we're such downers today. I
2: just
0: change them every time. I'm like, forgot it. Give me a new one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, our guest today and I go way, way back, all the way to March of this year. Yes, when we rode the Hampton jitney together from to and from the Zibby Conference in the Hamptons because we're fancy. Is the Hampton jitney just... that plane
2: that looks like you're flying it? Like it fits? Oh two no, people? it's not a
0: plane. It's it a bus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Oh, my is husband's very much fancy. A bus. Oh, you think you're fancy. When my husband goes to conferences on Nantucket, they he does this weird little plane that looks like a oh, so tiny glad like you you're don't flying. Do that. Okay. I'd rather ride the yeah. bus. Yeah, Maybe. I'll take the bus any day. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we are really, uh-huh. really excited to have Anne Garvin here today. Anne is the USA Today bestselling author of five funny and sad novels. She writes about people who do too much in a world that asks too much of them. Oof. Hallelujah. I know. It's so great. Anne worked as an RN. And then after receiving her PhD, she taught exercise physiology, sports psychology, nutrition, stress management, and global health for 30 years in the University of Wisconsin system. She currently teaches creative writing at Drexel University in their low residency Masters of Fine Arts program and has held positions at Miami University and Southern New Hampshire in their Masters of Fine Arts creative writing programs. Anne is the founder of the multiple award winning Tall Poppy Writers, where she is committed to helping women writers succeed. She is a sought after speaker on writing, leadership, and health, and has taught extensively in New York, San Francisco, LA, Boston, and at festivals across the country and in Europe. And we get to have her here today. Welcome. What a ridiculous
1: bio! It's such a ridiculous bio. It's
2: amazing. It's a fabulous festival in our own right, really. I mean, I start to get like embarrassed right around. 30
1: years of teaching and then next... I <laughs> oh, no. just relish in
2: it, just relish in it. No, yeah. do you've earned every single one of those years. So mm. really awesome. And now, okay. So since I have not ridden the Jitney or whatever with you, <laughs> I need some more information, especially our listeners do too. So even though we learned a little bit about you and your bio, can
1: you help fill in some of the bits about what you do? Yeah. Um... Well, let's see. I'm a mom of two girls who are grown-ish and um, out on their own now, a single mom. And let's see, what else? I mostly, I've kind of done a lot of different careers through my life, not just for any other reason, except that I'm very interested in everything. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I meet someone or they're doing something that I really admire, I think, now I have to do that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's enough to make everybody a little bit crazy. So for you yes. know, for many years I did theater, and then I tried stand up, and then I did triathlons for a while, and then I, you know, I made applique pillows when I lost my mind briefly. And uh, <laughs> so I tend to—I just got a lot of curiosity, and then I like to do it, and then I usually move on. But the good thing about writing is that I'm never going to get really—I'm never going to be a master, and so I don't think I'll ever get bored with it. Yes. And um, every story is starting anew every time. So I never feel like, oh, this is in the bag, you know? So I like that because that'll just probably keep me doing it forever. Yeah. And you're I, you're a startist. What's what that
2: want. book again, Missy, by Becky
0: Blades? What yeah. is that? So she's great. Her whole thing is just start it, just yeah. do it. Yeah. And it's, it's okay start more than if you can you finish. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't have to finish it all and you don't have to be all in on it. Just start the thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just love it. Yeah. And you don't have to be the
1: best at it. Right. You don't Mm -hmm. like I was a very marginal triathlete, but I loved it when I did it. And then I moved on and you know, I was a very marginal person in theater and I liked it. And then I moved on. Well, it gets hard mm-hmm. to do some of those things. Like once you have kids, you know, you can't do anything because, I mean, <laughs> right? You, <laughs>
2: you can ruin you, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end of the podcast.
1: Sorry. <laughs> right. No, I know. Like, listen, my I had a friend that said to me, if you want to ruin your marriage, have kids. And it was a full sentence. Like, no, it's a full sentence. So is that. And I was like, okay. Oh. Yeah, okay
0: then. <gasps> world changing. To have it is world children.
2: changing. But that's the whole point of the podcast, though, is to find the things yeah. that we can do when you still have kids around right, or at different had... stages while they start to become a little bit more self-sufficient,
1: yep. less dangerous yeah. to themselves. I started, you know, older for most writers, but then, you know, they were little. They were sleeping when I was writing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I wrote on soccer fields. I wrote in parking lots. I wrote, you know, in hallways all the time. Yeah. Because they were little and I wanted to write. And the nice thing about writing is that you can do it on a, with a piece of paper or you can do it on a computer and yep. it's all in your head. You don't need a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love so that. it is, a, I think it's a really good thing for people to do, you mm-hmm. know. And even if it doesn't get published, I think, you know, I think it was, yes. um, who was it, Joan Diddy, and then said, I write to try to figure out what I think. And that mm-hmm. is so true of me. so true of me it's fantastic therapy and i was never a kind of person that journaled no me either no no i mean i started i have 75 dear diaries started Uh (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. or i might write a few and then i look back at them and think that's the worst cringiest thing anyone's ever written it is so stupid and And if i get hit by by a bus
2: someone's gonna find them and then read yeah i
1: remember when (laughs) i was trying to write down like my dreams i think i saw it in like teen magazine sometime and then i had to like scramble around and find a dream. And I found it once and I was like, I dream that I'll jump out of a balloon or something or ride in <laughs> a balloon and jump out of an airplane. I thought, no, you don't. I never <laughs> wanted that. But it seemed like something that Teen Magazine would like.
2: It's <sighs> funny. The book I was reading last night, that guy just jumped out of a hot air balloon. So oh, maybe that no, is someone's you. dream. Yeah. Not Someone caught either. him. Someone not caught not him. Mind.
0: I want to talk a little bit about your writing career because it kind of started with a contest. And you just wrote about that in your I most did. recent newsletter, so we'll mm-hmm. link to the newsletter. But um, was entering that contest truly a whim, or did you oh, yeah. have this like inner writer lady who wanted out? It just happened
1: well, you know, I was reading, and I every time I say this, I feel like Lori Moore and Elizabeth Berg get a little stab in their eyeball, and they don't know where it came from, but like mm-hmm. those two women, like Lori Moore wrote this sort of dark, funny, and sad stuff, and when I read her early short story collections like Life. And I was so enamored with her writing that I thought finally it was a voice that really spoke to me in a way that I thought, oh, this is how I think. Mm. Like, this is how I do it. And then I read a lot of Elizabeth Berg and her early work is so beautifully done. Both heartbreaking, but also very funny. Mm -hmm. And I thought these are two women that are really aligning with my thought process. But I remember thinking, like how do you even start thinking about right? I had no idea, really no idea. I, I couldn't even think of because people told me all the time like, oh, you write such funny letters. You should write books. And I was just like, I that's the stories are my life. Like I don't know what a story is. So yes, <laughs> it was absolutely there was a, a thing and I and I heard what it was and it was like you you had a picture and you had 24 hours to do it. And I just saw it. And I'd gone to the Wisconsin Book Festival on a, many years in a row when it what used to be a really amazing thing that lasted only like a week long. And it was something all over town. It was amazing. Yeah. And so I went to it and I actually got to meet some of my favorite authors there. So when they had the writing thing, I thought, oh, this is a way that I can kind of be in the festival, like in it. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that I it was ten dollars. And I and all you had to do is get it done in a, in a day and send it back. And I had my girlfriend put the commas in and then I mailed it off. <laughs> so it was so that because it was so directly out of my head onto the page so quickly, it felt it was so rewarding then because. Yes. I was like, oh, my God, like what? Somebody liked that? And they they gave me an award for it. Like, I couldn't believe it. Oh, that's so awesome. that's what and it was the first time for me that opened up the idea that oh you you think of something in your head you, t- you put a picture in your head and you write about that picture. Mm-hmm. So then I and then it was really nothing for me after that to think of a scenario picture that scenario and then write a story around it. Oh. That's a good it writing was, tip. Yeah, yes. it was it was like it, it like literally was like somebody took a little thing and went like Oop. that in my brain and I went Holy cow! Oh, That's that. how you do it. Yeah, and and I'm probably honestly I don't know what would have happened or if I would have ever written anything had I not had such an unbelievable positive experience yeah. from that. Like if I if right. I hadn't won, I think I would have been like, oh well, and gone on and made more pillows or something. Like, <laughs> well, you know? thank goodness you did. Yeah, uh, I I don't know what I would have done. I really don't know. Maybe yeah. it would have. Maybe without the win, I would have thought, oh, this is how you do it and then try it again or something. But yeah, maybe. But the feedback was like so amazing. And I actually am always a little embarrassed to say this, but it was probably one of the happiest days of my entire life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I I mean, soak in it. Yeah. Well, you know, like I having my babies was sort of happy because it hurt so much. You know, you're like, (laughs) this is like great happy. Like this didn't hurt. (laughs) There was no blood loss. Nobody stitching anything up afterwards. You know, no no postpartum died. depression afterwards. Right. I mean, my wedding day was beautiful, but they got the flowers wrong. And you know what I mean. Like this was just like <laughs> this was perfect. Amazing. Yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. So, uh, okay. And so you've done amazing stuff with your writing, but that is a big pivot from what your studies in college were, <laughs> as far as yeah. if you were you were doing exercise physiology, correct? Yeah, and sports I've, psychology. And sports psychology. That's so interesting. My daughter's looking at maybe doing a physical therapy track type. Oh, of Oh, yeah. She's very yeah. fascinated in a lot of that. So then maybe she'll become a writer, too. But, <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> but did, was that a tricky pivot for you? We talk about we talk to um, a lot of authors who were former lawyers. I think that's probably one of our number one categories. Um, yeah. But yes. th- that really have pivoted from these other masters or doctorates or, you know, what is it called when you do the law? Law degree? J- <laughs> law <laughs> degrees? Yeah, A-D. I don't know. J-D's. J-D. Yeah, yeah. Whatever degree you get for that. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, you put a lot of work and effort and time into this particular field and then veer into this writing world. So I'm guessing that there was some risk in that, probably financial and...
1: Well, it was, but not really because, well... I worked all the way I only just stopped teaching in 2018 okay, okay. and by then I was able to retire um, from teaching to do that so I you know I get a small thing you know yeah for that and um and because of uh, my retirement I still have life insurance for like 10 years or health insurance for like 10 oh, years oh nice so had I because I'm single I don't have that in my you know, right. life. so had none of those things worked well, I would have I'd still be teaching because health insurance is so expensive. I doubt very much I would have been able to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to write as far as like the brain, you know, sort of like the creative versus the sciency brain to be a nurse and even to be a scientist, you you have to be really good at critical thinking and you have to be really good at empathy. And that's what writing is. Because mm-hmm. you have to ask the questions like, what mm-hmm. if, wait, what if this happened? That's critical thinking, you know, it, taking things at face value, like I'm going to write her a story about that lady that went down the street That is one thing. And then critical thinking is what if she rode up onto the sidewalk and into a car? Right. So yeah. that's like and then what happened and then who is she and then why did she do that? That's all science, mm-hmm. because when you're doing science, you're like. You know, I wonder how people feel after they exercise, and I wonder if if they watch really hot people exercise, if it ruins their high. You know what I mean? So, mm. like, it's the same. You're just telling a story, and in fact, the truth is that's true. It does ruin their high. I was about I to really say good. yes, mm. yeah. I don't know <laughs> so, the
2: science, but I yeah. know in Im- my the emotion. So, well, now, right? No. Okay. I'm wondering, hot like good looking, or hot like they're like hot
1: like buff, hot like okay, sexy, super fit. Like okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: I uh, just because so, it's like a hundred million degrees in Texas today, I was like oh, not yeah, that just hot. watching like hot people. Yeah, that makes me not want to work out for sure. <laughs> no.
1: Not that kind of hot. Like uh, So like hot. when you're or endorphins, like, we're totally
0: getting off track. But like when your endorphins all kick in because like, I had this great workout, I'm doing great. And then you look across the room and you see Mr. Hottie McHotter Pants and his girlfriend.
2: Yes. There, then
0: you're like, never mind. I got well, go. donut.
1: Yeah. I mean You know, there's a lot of reasons why people feel good after exercise and, you know, some of it is endorphin potentially and some of it is like accomplishment and some of it is it was good for me and some of it is I've got a weird body image. And so then you see somebody who is doing less or the same or whatever and you don't know their story and you start to feel bad about yourself. But yeah, I mean, all of that question and answering kind of thing comes from science. And when I was teaching, the thing about teaching undergrads for 30 years is that no one ever learns because they're done and gone. And you get another class of people who don't know oh, anything. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, you never see anybody kind of continuously get better or grow. Oh. So it's 30 years of you guys again. So, I, <laughs> um, And then the other thing is, like, at the end of the semester, people would be like, that was the most amazing thing. It changed my life. And I'd think, you know, maybe I can reach more people if my voice can be put in a fiction story and so that's made me think i'm gonna keep doing that because i just felt like i just needed a bigger space like i really felt like because my whole thing in writing is about i write about people who do too much in a world that asks too much from them so what that means is you're gonna get all the wackos and i think we're all a little wacko like i don't think there's a single person i always say i love a good weirdo and i and i think everybody's a weirdo and I want people to feel better about being weirdos. I think walking around feeling like you're not being affected or whatever our problems are just makes us feel worse. And then we don't understand other people's weaknesses. And I want so much for people to laugh at the dumb things that we do and feel better about them. And I think that that's the key to health actually is to sort of understand that we're all just humans and not machines. And I wanted them to understand that Losing weight is hard and getting fit is hard. And everybody just relax a little bit and feel okay about being a human. Yes. So my message is always that. Just like if you could just feel okay about being a human, we wouldn't be so mad at everybody else all the time.
0: And what do you say? You said one of my favorite things ever in March when we met about we're just goo.
1: We're just goo. Yeah. We're very dressed up, pretty goo. But we're goo. (laughs) (laughs) Every one of us. even Just like the great equalizer. We're just goo. We're just goo, just Bunch like Paulina, cells. the prettiest goo ever. But she's no more goo, less goo than we are, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Paulina Poroskova was at this conference that we were or this retreat where we. Oh were. yeah, and, yeah. I uh, mean, stunning. My God, she's stunning. But yeah, yeah, she's also just a a goo. She's just a girl.
1: She's just goo. <laughs> I was
2: just listening to the We Can Do Hard Things podcast, and they had on these two people who had just written. It's called If I Were a Fish. I guess it went viral on TikTok. Oh. Um, but it was yes, this a like, little song. Yeah, yes. oh, one of, yeah. One of them's mm-hmm. non-binary. They're mm-hmm. in a, they're in a relationship, but they were yeah. just talking about how, you know, everything's so anti-LGBTQ or it's anti-fat or anti-whatever. And they're like, you know, it's this cute little song. Like if I was a fish and they're like, if I was a fish, if I was the biggest one, like you'd be a winner. Like that's like, you'd be <laughs> yeah. like showing me off that that's so exciting. Or like if I was this fish and I was really colorful and crazy, like, that'd be the coolest fish in the aquarium. You know, you don't want the boring plain fish. But since I'm a human, (laughs) like (laughs) it was so cute. I had never heard that song before, but it's so true. Like, think about if you were anything other than a human, if you were like, really, you know, extravagant and big and exciting and colorful and shiny, like that would be like, The most
1: amazing one in the zoo.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't want to just the basic one
1: anyway. Right. But we hide our candle under a bushel all the time so that we don't look too odd or too weird or whatever. And, you know, I just can't I can't have it. When I meet people, I don't want them to feel intimidated. So I don't I kind of just want to be normal and natural in front of people. I don't want anyone Thinking, I don't have a PhD. Like, I just think it doesn't matter. None of yeah. it matters. What really yeah. matters is that you care about humanity. Yeah, That's what matters. Yeah. To me, that's what matters to me. Yeah.
0: Yes. And I love the focus yeah. on that we are all weird and just let us be weird. And one of the things you've said about your writing, because you you do embrace the weirdo and you do write the funny and the sad together, which speaks to me. I just love it so much. That's that's, that's, that's that's how I like my people. That's how I like my yeah. writing. I like it. If you can make me laugh and cry in the same page or the same conversation, like we're in. That's it. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> but you have mentioned that like publishers didn't know what to do with you. They oh. acted like that was so foreign. They didn't know where to put you on the bookshelves. Yeah. And I think even people who aren't writers have probably had this struggle with like, this is who I am. Yep. This is what I have to say. Mm-hmm. And And it's right. And it makes sense. And so how did you find that? Like, where did that confidence come from? Did you have it at the outset? Or did you have to work through some growing pains to advocate for your work?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of things, and I'm just thinking about it right now. I read a lot of literary work, which allows you to write, you know, more unusual stuff. But I have more of a contemporary voice. So that's Mm -hmm. a little tricky right there. Because the first book I pitched was about a woman who was pregnant and moved to her hometown because she thought it was the safest place to raise her child and a sex offender lives on her street and she wants to get him out but she does not a very powerful person so she like sends him pizza and hopes that he dies of heart disease like she's it's a real, real slow game yeah it's a real That's slow a game. long gone yeah he feels his light bulbs at the end of his porch and it's like i am a badass like she's <laughs> not right and so like that was and then I would say it's but it's funny and they'd be like sex offenders aren't funny and I'd be like no you're right they're not I mean it was just not easy but then I found um, my first editor at Penguin and she did get me but even then they didn't know how to make the covers they don't and I would say that's true even now I think that the covers look wacky wackier than the books are and I think that makes it a little bit difficult for people to know because they think oh this is going to be a light read that I can read on the beach, and then they're, like, texting me and saying, I'm sobbing right I now, you did. dick, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'd be like, I know, I just, you know, so I don't Sorry. know how you... Put funny and sad on a book cover. I think it's still very hard to market it. You know. Yes. And then once I wrote a funny and sad thriller, and they were like, "Absolutely not, no." <laughs> and that is still not out there in the world. um I'm hoping that one of these days it will get out there.
2: The Venn but diagram of these things is not yeah. overlapping. They were up. like,
1: "You go right to bed. You're drunk." Like, stop. <laughs> I had like everything
0: whole... has to start somewhere. Like, it, I mean, d- it does, right? You I might be the first work. one.
1: Yeah. So I'm hoping that I can eventually rewrite that one, too, because it's, oh, it's so, I think it's such a good idea. And I wrote the whole book. It just needs to be kind of rewritten now. I think but, Harlan yeah. Coben writes funny thrillers. Mine is funny and sad thrillers. They're like, that's <laughs> three things yeah. you have to pick a lane.
0: I think Harlan <laughs> does that, too, does sometimes. See? Like,
1: he has some gut-punchy
0: things. And especially in his recent stuff, I don't feel like has that same feeling for me, yeah. but the the Myron Boletar's kind of the early ones, like yeah. Myron and his crew of weirdos are very funny, but the sad things happen. They deal with death and loss and uh, identity issues and all of this stuff. And then there's a mystery and a thriller all wrapped up in there. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, but they can, if they can pu- publish Harlan, who happens to be a man, they can probably find a place for a woman as
1: well. I just don't know. I just, I, yeah, I, I feel like it's out that- there. I think it might be time or t- soonish time for that book. It's coming around, I think, because the book that I'm writing right now that's going to be due in October, that one, it was another book that was probably the closest to my heart that I couldn't sell. And now I did sell it. Nice. Oh. So I think there might be time now. Mm-hmm. Um, it we might be getting there. Yeah. And certainly soon. I think that, you know, they don't want to take any risks on people that you know, are newish or haven't sold a lot. And so my last book sold so well. So I'm getting a little bit more trust, I think, for just kind of all around trust, which is nice. And and I publish, you know, for the traditional arm of Amazon, and they are the most amazing. I will sing their praises to the ends of the earth because they are unbelievably professional and unbelievably amazing to work with. Oh, good to know. I never go back it will be fine with me. If they will wow. take me forever, I will publish with them forever. Really? Which, yeah. That's a don't tell endorsement. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. That's not to say I don't understand the, you know, small bookstores, indie bookstores, and their how difficult it is. But um, as an author who is just trying to be an author and write mm-hmm. those books that get sold in those bookstores, I can't say enough about them. They have done an incredible job from start to finish with me. I can't even think of something they've done that I didn't like. Wow! Yep. All right. Brought to you by Amazon. <laughs> I know. Anyway, I Amazon. know. Amazon. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I could just imagine the eye rolls if this went <sighs> wide, but I, I do feel that way. I feel like they, and believe me, I mean, I was published by Penguin. I was published by Simon and Schuster. I've been out there, and I see it, and I know it, and they are amazing to me. That's so. Hmm. You know, I, it's a shame. I understand it 100%. I just, it's such a shame that there is this hierarchy in literature, both as far as genre is concerned, but also publisher mm-hmm. um, yes. of in within the traditional publishing market. I'm not talking about indie publishing. That's a completely different thing. But within the indie publishing market, I think it's a terrible shame that there's such a hierarchy, you know, between yeah. genres, within genres, between and within houses. It yeah, seems like an... It just turns you know, it turns this art into a competitive sort of bitchy business that it just doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Right. It sucks well, from the some of that joy of just Yeah telling your story and get it out to the world. It's very tough in that regard. Yeah. Well, but I that. but I have had a great experience all the way, you know. Well, and
2: that flows nicely into talking a little bit about tall poppy writers, as far as things that bring that. joy into the writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, first of all, can you explain a little bit about what tall poppy writers is, yeah. and and where it where that idea came from, and what the mission is of that?
1: Yeah. So, I what I've learned about this um called thing called the tall poppy syndrome, and the tall poppy syndrome is a social syndrome of the idea that Often it's with women. A professional woman grows successful in her career. There is a, a sort of a feeling that others will cut her down and not support her and bring her down to size. It's probably a male-oriented thing as well. However, it was measured, I think, particularly in professional women. It was called the poppy syndrome. When one grows up, you cut it off. And so yeah. I had that in mind. And also, when my first book came out, I had pneumonia. And on the day of my divorce, it came out. Oh, And geez. Oh, I know. And it was, you know, it was 2010. Happy Book Pub Day. Right. (laughs) Twitter was like started. I don't know when, but nobody was on it. I had just started it. Social media was not a thing. There was really no way to do it. And I couldn't get into my small town paper because some kid kept getting three pointers and they were putting him on the you know, they were like, "We had to bump you again." I was, "Oh, he's in eighth grade." You're like, can this kid
2: just miss one time? I know. I'm like, what's happening? Okay. Instead of starting sending pizzas, what you do is you go like put some slippery ice or something in front no of no Joe, like the baseball bat from like Tanya Harding.
1: Did. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just thought I'm never, I'm never going to make it in this field. I'm wow. never going to sell any books. I'm never going to make it. So then, I was like, I don't understand why. We don't do the things that we used to do with what we do with bands. Like there's an opening band, right? Mm. And I kept thinking, why aren't people, that's so dumb. And why aren't publishers putting it together and why aren't they doing it? So I said to two authors who were in town, Aaron Salalo and then Susan Gloss, I went, you guys, I think we should do this. I made a PowerPoint, I remember. And they were like, great, let's do it. We're both pregnant. And I, Mm -hmm. ugh. (laughs) But little by little, I just was like, our one mission is we are going to not compete and we're going to lift each other up, and everybody's going to do a little bit of work to do it. And we're going to make our way in. And I think, except for, you know, I mean, uh, romance people and some other, you know, like cozy mystery people, they were doing this long ago, but we Mm -hmm. are across genre with diversity. And Mm -hmm. um, so we did not gatekeep anybody's books from anyone. Lots of people say, well, you know, my readers, they just don't read X, Y, Z. And you're like, you don't know what your readers read. You don't. Mm -hmm. Everybody that was, you know, reading a lot of literary fiction, we're also reading Fifty Shades of Grey. So don't even start with me. (laughs) You know, people are reading all kinds of things and sometimes they're embarrassed about it and whatever, but people read across genre. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would we gatekeep? Why wouldn't everyone get it done? And so that's why I think that we got well-known is because we just were kind of a constant thing shouting out each other. It's hard. It's hard to run that thing. Um, But but I'm like so devoted to the idea of women not competing and helping each Mm -hmm. other. And then, and we do it, you know, we do it as much as we can. Like we bring, we never ask anyone to pay. We put everybody into our Instagrams or into our Social media in Bloom and our reading group, we just we never make anyone do anything ever to to get in with us. They can't all be poppies because I cannot manage more than like 37, which is what we have. And we've we've narrowed it down to a very small amount of things that we do. But so we can't take on a ton of poppies, but we we absolutely will support anybody that interacts with us in most ways. Um, and it's been great. Like it's it's been uh, some of my best friends have been poppies and aren't poppies mm-hmm. anymore or are current poppies. They're some of my closest friends in the writing world. So it's been a great thing. I didn't realize how much of a great thing it would be when I started it. I just needed somebody to talk about me and I didn't want to talk about me anymore. Yeah. Right.
2: So now how do you select who is the puppy? Like, how does that happen? So, you
1: know, how we essentially do it is if somebody drops out and we get an opening, you -hmm. know, one or two openings, then we look to see who has been interacted with us most in the community. Like, we look to see who has obviously the same viewpoint as us. Like, I'm going to help them and I don't care whether they help me or not, which is exactly how I feel about it. And, you know, people sort of bubble to the surface then. Mm -hmm. And then... The poppies can recommend someone, and we take a look at them. We talk to them, and we look at their feeds, and we talk about how much energy they have, and if it's something they want to do. That's not a very scientific way of doing it, but that's how we do it because I've done it other ways in the past, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't work very well. You sort of have to get the feel of somebody to get them to come in, because not everybody. A lot of people are just like, "I have a book coming out. I want to be a poppy for a year," and you're like, "That's it's not that's, that's not how it works. It. yeah." <laughs> Yeah. We're like, you're in it for the long haul or you're not in it at all. And and honestly, it doesn't make sense to do it in the short term. That's not how you market books. B- these are relationships you're building. And uh, as yeah. much as people think, oh, it's just, I just have to get my cover out there. It's actually not that. Mm-hmm. Because I can, the interesting thing is like, you can see that the cover is out there all the time and people either sometimes buy it and sometimes they don't. But right. if I'm doing a talk in front of a group, I can sell my books. It's right. a relationship. I built a relationship in that talk. Mm-hmm. And now at some point, if
0: you see the cover over and over again, you're just like, well, I've seen that a hundred times. A like,
1: hundred times. I don't even want to look at it. And it, it often can't. I think we have sort of a, there's a couple of things that I don't know about you, but I can be kind of a brat. If I see it too many times, I won't look at it. I yeah. won't, want, oh, I won't yeah. read it just to be a dick. If <laughs> I see it
2: too many times, sometimes I think because I already read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like, surely I bought that. It's in my yeah. face every day. Yeah.
1: I think I read that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Certainly. I, I own it.
1: Yeah. So that's hmm. kind of where it came from. And, you know, it's it's made me a real feminist even more so. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because I think that our natural ability, um, I think it's uh, there's a linguist. Her name is she wrote a book called You Just Don't Understand Me. Tannin, Deborah Tannin. And she always said that men's natural way is sort of a hierarchy and women's natural is collaborative. And I thought, mm-hmm. I mean, I see that all the time. And I think yeah. if we just sort of lean into that, and I think that we have adopted the hierarchical structure because we've been brought up in the patriarchy, but I don't right. think it's our natural way. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the tall poppy syndrome comes from being brought up in the patriarchy and being taught that we mm-hmm. need to compete and then not giving us the power so we cut people down to size behind their backs. And I think that's a natural progression of the patriarchy. And yeah. I, when I say the patriarchy, I say that it's not good for men or women. I'm not saying men are bad. I'm just saying it's not good for anybody. The yeah, system's not the good system. for anybody. Yeah. yeah. It's not. It, does, it doesn't help anyone. Yeah. Um, we do more charge, together. Yeah. People in charge don't always want to be in charge. They might want to cry and not be in charge, <laughs> you know, but... if So I think that I think that those kinds of things are really they're sort of antithetical to what I really want, which is feel good and have people work together. And so that's why the poppies. Now, has it always worked that way? No. Have we had fights within the poppies? Yes. We had a mass leaving in the middle of COVID and there were some very angry poppies at Ann Garvin. And that's the way it is. You know, um, there's a very funny comedian. I think her name is. Is it Wolf? Melissa? Well, she... She's one of my favorite, Michelle Wolf, I love her so much. And she said, she goes, you know, if you think you're a nice lady and you're in charge of something, there's whole email strings saying what a not a nice lady you are. (laughs)
2: That's true. Oh, yeah. it's hard to be in charge. It's It's hard hard to be be in in charge. charge. Cutting down your poppy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I think that over the years we, I would say generally over the years, we've had this amazing, fun supportive group it's just a couple of times that we've had some bumps bumps in the road yeah but every organization is going to be like that you know look at uber good god right you know right there's growing pains things change it's hard yeah Yeah. and you learn you start to learn what can you expect from people what can't you expect and that kind of thing and it's yeah
0: Mm -hmm. right yeah and sometimes it's not for someone even though they thought it was
1: right that just absolutely yeah Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I'm looking at the time and I yes, know Suzanne it's quarter has a two hard already. Out, I know. So. It goes so fast. Oh, it goes so fast. So I have one really selfish question because mm-hmm. it's our podcast. I can do what I want. Yes, you <laughs> um, can. <laughs> but I'm so curious. And I imagine there are other people listening too who are just curious about some process stuff. You do a lot of research when you write, like, um, for I thought you said this would work. You went to an animal sanctuary. Yeah. And, um, for your upcoming book, which is coming out in August, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's no coming back from this. It's a lot of, like, costume and wardrobe stuff from L.A. So I'm just curious how that works. Like, say you
1: want to go research something. Are organizations receptive to that, to having oh. a writer come skulk around? Well, some yes and some no, because I was going to write a book at the Mall of America, and I wrote them a question about, you know, like, if I could come in and see their emergency proceedings, and it was like cricket. So I think that they're <laughs> yeah. not going to – they're going to, like, get away from me, but – um, but the, yeah, I've had such unbelievable acceptance and, you know, welcoming from the places that I've gone. And I think a lot of it is because no one ever really asked them what they do. You mm-hmm. know, like, I think like everybody goes to the best friends animal sanctuary in Utah and is like, let me hold the puppies. But nobody is like, but where do you find them? How do you do it? How do you find the volunteers? How do you organize the volunteers? Where do they all go? What are the pigs doing? Like, I want yeah. to know everything. Like, mm-hmm. what are the doorknobs like? And and they're <laughs> like, actually, we spent a lot of time talking about doorknobs. And then I hear, you know. No one
2: cares. Right. Yeah, they're so, like, tell
1: us. Right. And so, like, when I went to the costumers, I was talking to this one for a long time. And she said, what I like about talking about you is you literally don't care about the movie stars. And I'm like, I literally don't. I want to know what the bench seats look like in the wardrobe trailer at Universal Studios outside one of the studios. What does it look like? And she was like, I will show you. (laughs) So, you know, like I wasn't opposed if they gave me some celebrity gossip, but then I was like, that's funny. Now, can you show me something else? Like, show me the pages. Where do you do the try-ons? Like, how do you get celebrities in there? And I do take notes for sure. And I take a lot of photographs. But once I've lived it, once I've been there Mm -hmm. and lived it, Like, I find that everything comes together. And honestly, I can't write the book until I've been there and seen. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. like, depending on what's happening or how far one thing is from another or you learn some rule and you're like, oh, that would be a great podcast. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, the research really helps me. And the other thing that helps me is like, for example, both Utah and also in in L.A., when you come to a new place you're an outsider. And when you're an outsider, you observe differently. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're observing it through the lens of wherever you're used to. Mm -hmm. And so you see things that they don't see. And then you're writing it in whatever point of view, and you're seeing it from that point of view. And I think that's where people go wrong when they don't actually go there. Now, I'm not saying that everybody can always afford it or whatever. But actually, I mean, it was pretty cheap because everything was free. Like everybody just sort of brought me in on everything and let me do everything. I just sort of center myself into those observations and then I can see it. And and I think that's the best thing about changing. Like when you're writing, you need to go to other places, other states, other things that you haven't done Mm. because it exercises your observation brain a little bit Mm. and it helps you sort of go, I never noticed that. And then when you come home, you start to notice things differently until uh you get, you know, drowned again in your stuff. But it helped. And I think when I was young, I moved from New Jersey to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And I went and it was such a different thing. I think that was the moment in life that I became a writer probably because my observation Mm -hmm. was so, because I had to watch everybody very closely so I didn't get the crap beat out of me
0: yeah you know <laughs> you had to figure out how to assimilate
1: yeah I mean yeah. my nickname was whiskers in the first week I was there and I was like this could not happening it was so miserable and I Aww. just thought how can I not be the person that's a weirdo and mm-hmm. and uh-huh. I had to watch what everybody did you know so I think that really helped me I think writing is is much about observation of details than almost anything else you yeah, know yeah like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Oh, that you that, have to that's... be a stranger in a strange land, I think. Yes. And it... Oh, I like that. And I think because, that can help know... our
2: brains know even if we're not writing, just to get out of our regular everything and just yep. yeah, look at things a little differently, maybe more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I heard
0: and... somewhere that like one of the best things for brain health is to learn a new thing. Yeah. And then tell someone that new thing, which essentially is what writing is. Yeah. If you are writing about a process and so they always at this whatever i read this or saw this and well i don't know where it was it's in the back of my head somewhere but like you're supposed to learn a thing at night and then tell somebody about it in the morning and if you can tell them Um, about it while you're walking so that you're doing this bilateral movement at the same time oh yeah so good for you yeah so So i was trying to tell Mark something on our walks
1: like it makes (sighs) you so happy right Mm -hmm. and it's funny because when i was in la i kept thinking I I know that I was thinking like a person from Wisconsin, and I this made it into my book too. I remember thinking when I was there, I was like, "Wow, in Wisconsin, if there's seven people laying on the side of the road, you call nine one one and you haul them all off." You know, you don't. It was so different. And those are, you know, homelessness isn't funny either. But but like those observations, if you can capitalize yeah. on those, it's just so funny. It's yeah, like your trail right. of tears vacation. Yeah, wasn't funny. Yeah. But it was right. <laughs> right. <All laughs> no. right. There's nothing funny about a cemetery, but also there kind of is. No, <laughs> my God, That's so many the whole vacation that you had in New York she <laughs> went on that vacation and she went on nothing but sad things.
0: And <laughs> it was New York and DC.
2: It was all very sad. Yeah, oh it,
1: it cracked me up. I like
2: to feel all my feelings when I'm on vacation. My kids were like,
1: "Oh my God, are you crying
0: again? It's spring break. (laughs) It's pretty sad. We're not going to
1: Disney, baby. Grab your tissues. (laughs) We're gonna see where something
0: big went
2: down.
1: Yep. Yep. so funny. You're gonna
0: learn about America's greatest
2: tragedy right now. Happy spring break. Yeah. And then tell somebody about it in the morning while you're walking.
0: That's right. We'll talk about it while we walk to the next. Tomorrow. <laughs> oh my and I god! I think you
1: just have to give yourself permission to find that funny. I think a lot of people would be like, "I know we shouldn't be laughing at this," and I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, it, you should!" I oh. laughed on my mom's deathbed. I did. Right. There oh, was something yeah. very funny that happened, and I laughed, and right. I didn't feel bad about it. Yeah. No, no, no. And they wouldn't
2: want you not to laugh. No. My mom a...
1: would have laughed. Yeah. She would have laughed.
2: Right. There's so many different emotions. And sometimes yeah. they do come out at, all at the same time. <laughs> That's right. And you're allowed to feel them all. Yeah. And you can feel them all at the same.
1: Oh, yep.
2: My gosh. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I could talk about this forever. I know. Except for I, I have to go talk to an orthodox about a <laughs> brace. That's but, it. oh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, we've got to make sure that everybody knows where to find you, obviously. And, yes. and, and when the new book is book. coming out.
1: My new book comes out. I'm going to have a first reads. You're the, you're the first to know about it, oh. which is it goes free for a month on in starting July 1st on Amazon. Oh. So if you're a Prime member, you can get it for free. You'll really get it
0: for free. Mm-hmm. Well, I've already yeah. bought it, but I'm going to get I'm going to give my well, copy Buy the yeah. other, you know whatever. Spread oh, you look. bought
1: it? Oh, you're so cute. Yeah. Did I they send you a book it. though? They sent you a book? No, no? not yet. I just pre-ordered. Oh, okay. Yeah. We love the um, pre-orders. Yeah. So um, and then August 1st is when it comes out and we'll be in bookstores and things like that. And you can find me on Instagram at Ann Garvin with a underscore. That's Twitter as well. And you can find me and Garvin on Facebook. And I even have a TikTok, but I'm pretty bad at it because I get kind of tired. But
0: um, we're not good at that
1: either. Yeah. No, I should be better at it. Oh, TikTok's so hard. (laughs) I love it. It's so much fun. I just don't I don't. I have too many things going on. I have to change Wait. my passwords every three minutes. So yeah. yeah. No. So I think that's where you can find me. Um, mm-hmm. You can get the books wherever they're sold. You can ask your librarian. You can ask your booksellers to get it. And typically they will. Um, I try to encourage people to do that because I think there's no reason why people can't make money on Amazon, too. There's absolutely no reason. They just have to order from Amazon. They just made it just like Ingram right. and the rest of the places. Penguin yeah. sells it on their website. So, yeah. And then I'll have another one coming out in the next August that I'm writing right now. And that one is, that's Bummer Camp. It's called Bummer Camp.
0: <laughs> I can't wait for that. I cannot <laughs> oh, wait for that one. <laughs> no,
1: I'm going to that... pre-order that right now,
2: even right though it's now, not available <laughs> for pre-order. I know. I'm it in my mind. Yeah.
1: It's about a poor man, Tony Robbins, who creates a summer camp for anxious and depressed adults, but he doesn't have enough money to run it. And so he hires anxious and depressed college students to run it. Oh,
2: my God.
1: <laughs> and then oh he great. disappears two days before the enormous press gala that they're supposed to come at camp to save the camp. And they can they all have to bond together to create a gala with only things that they have at camp. <laughs> He's <is> very nervous <laughs> to people have to get it together. So that one's oh oh a great. Yeah. Oh and great. I don't okay. think I talked about that. Uh, I, I, there's no coming back from this is... They remade Nora Ephron's rom-coms, but with dogs, and she ends up being a costumer, play, um, dressing the biggest movie stars, and trying to not get discovered because she's a stowaway on set, and trying to not have a romance and solve a mystery with one of the iconic Marilyn Monroe costumes. So, oh my god, that's that's so it. great. Yeah, Love yeah, it.
2: that's
0: the one that will be out this August.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. That's coming oh. out this August. So. Or July
2: if you're Amazon Prime. Right. Or July if you're, if you're an
1: Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. only a couple so. weeks
2: away. Yeah. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah. All right. That's so really exciting. It's such a fun time to be me. And we'll have links. <laughs> it <to> is a <laughs> fun time to be you.
2: We will have links in the show notes too yeah. for um, anybody who's driving and didn't write all that down. Right. Right. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know if we have time for a full look, listen, learn. Should we do a speed look, listen, learn? I can do a I'll, speed look, listen, learn.
2: Me too. I can
1: do All right. I'm
2: very fast.
0: So if anyone has not been here before and is listening for the first time, we're so glad you're here and we hope you come back. We usually do a few minutes at the end of every show that something we're looking at, listening to, learning about. We're very loosey goosey about the categories. It can be kind of whatever you want, serious or fun. And we don't like our guests to have to go first. So Suzanne gets to go first and do her speed round.
2: go so fast let's see oh it's what i was complaining about before my look is i'm looking at videos of my roof and dormer gutter situation because some roofer went up there's like 100 degrees and he's on top of a metal roof in texas and i feel really bad so i'm looking at those and trying to figure out just absolutely wtf is going on up there Um, but also looking at love and death which is uh the oh i don't even know where it's on it's on one of the tv's I know. I can't MG remember. Stations. But it's yeah. got Elizabeth Olson and Jesse Plemons from um, Friday Night Lights, which is mm-hmm. fun. And the reason that we were so excited is because it was filmed right around our house. Oh, the fun. church right down the street. We're still trying to figure out what the heck. But they were like all their vans and trucks and stuff were out around our neighborhood for a while. Fun. They were doing that. And I will put a link for the fun article in Texas Monthly about the guys whose house they used. He was a writer, he happened to be a writer. So he wrote about it in Texas Monthly, the main house that they use in this show. And it's just really cool about how they did the interior actually of the set and Kyle, but the exterior and just weighing the decision of like, should I do this or should I not do this? Because, you know, famous houses, people just do weird people just stuff forever. But he's like, they also offered me, you know, about twice as much money as I get paid as a writer every year, so yeah. And then I was going to do a learn, but I'm going to save it for the next show because All right. we're quick today. Right. <laughs> and you can still learn it next week. Yeah. What about you, Anne?
1: What am I looking at? I'm looking at dresses because I have to go to a wedding. Oh, and wow. I'm telling you, what is it with dresses? Like, you either look like you're going to be at a cruise ship or... <laughs> Or the mother of the bride. It's so hard, right? Dresses. It is so, hard. So, hard. so hard. So hard. Every time I had to I, go to a
0: wedding I, in May, it took forever to find a dress. It took forever oh. to find a dress
1: that doesn't make me look like I'm wearing a dress. Like, watch. <laughs> like, like, so just gonna get a dress
2: that says that.
1: I'm wearing front. it. I'm wearing a dress, all right? Awesome. That's what I feel like. This like dress is
2: wearing day. me. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: No, and uh, I'm learning a lot about. Apps and I'm just gonna leave that teaser right there because I what you know, oh there's an app coming huh maybe I don't know <gasps> All uh, right. and uh oh. I have been listening to the Julia Louis Dreyfus podcast on yes. Wiser Than Me and it is so good. Plus, afterwards, you just think you could call Julia and she'd know who you were, and you could just be friends. <laughs> right, I've been like, talking about like her. Julia, hi. Uh, yeah. Yes,
2: uh, who else? Whitney was talking about that one. Whitney too. was talking yeah. about it. Yeah. So good. so good yeah it's so good yeah um, okay so I have awesome. to add that I have not added it
1: shame on me it's add very it. good it's definitely worth okay, it's I'm so good it down, mm-hmm. it down yeah
0: that was one of my look listen learns for today actually was oh that. was it oh I yeah did it? Yes. it's yeah, so it's... funny by look listen learns I'm dying because you brought up Lori Moore and who will run the frog hospital is what oh, I'm rereading now
1: so good. isn't it I <laughs> have I it my bedside I love it so much
0: yeah, I read it back. I mean, it came out in it was oh. published in the 90s sometimes, yeah. the late 1900s, as my children say. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I read it and I, don't, I, don't, I remember liking it, but I don't really remember it. So I'm rereading that. That's my look and kind of my learn. And then I was going to talk about Wiser Than Me, the episode with Isabel Allende. I mean, talk about laughing and crying. That's why I thought of it for this episode. I mean, I laughed and cried while driving, probably not safe, but... <laughs> Everyone oh, needs to so listen good.
1: to wiser it, than me. I I wish like sometimes I think oh I should write down that wise thing they just said or oh you know and then they're on to another wise thing. So I, I do love, it. love, I love Julia. It. Oh, do they have in the show notes like a recap of the white things that are wise? Maybe I should look and see. I oh, love yeah. her so much. I just feel like we she doesn't know it, but that we're friends. And when they she realizes it, she'll be like,
0: "Just there's something <laughs> about the way she." asks questions and the way she responds it's just so very real and so real she always
1: asks the question that i want next asked and you don't think she's going to ask it because it's so personal but she does it anyway but she does a wonderful job
0: she's in the warmest realest way and then she calls her
1: mom and then she calls her mom oh to talk about
2: what she learned Mm -hmm. oh Oh, that's really cute cute.
1: and they just giggle (laughs) she's like hi (laughs) mommy
2: it's adorable oh yeah it's so good okay that's official i'm doing it because i'm not enjoying the book i'm listening to so i'm I'm obsessed instead
1: same yeah obsessed yeah yeah
2: Uh you guys we did it we We did it it. (laughs) it. fastest look listen learn in the history of the podcast so like now we know
0: we can do that oh that's what we learned today is that we can (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> but I want to go on tangents about everything that both of you said, but I will not because it's yes. so hard
1: not to. I it's know. It's so hard not to. And you we need thank to have you for a, being here. You need to have a, a second one that's called Unpacking the Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you could
0: do that for our Patreons, which we have one of. But
1: yeah, for our one Patreon.
2: She's going to get her money worth. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. guess what, Kristen? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> New content just for you. <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh. But, oh, right, go to your call and it. don't forget to download the recording. I am going to download the recording. It was so, okay. Yeah, so see, nice see how I got you. distracted? It was so nice to meet you. I wish we could have done this forever and ever and that yes. I could have tangented out like I usually do, but- We'll, you, we'll
0: just have to come back when the next book
1: done. is coming out. Yes. Oh yeah. It's just oh. rather less than a year. I'm, half, I'm more than halfway through writing it. So awesome. but I got to get it done though. I can't screw around because I got to get it to them by October and then- well, it's going to be a tight yeah. publishing thing, I think. But get fun because so we can't, can't wait to read it, it. and how much fun it's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. Bummer, well, thank can't you wait. for having me, you guys. It was really thank you fun for being here. Thank you yeah. for being here. You guys here. are yes. so easy. Oh god, oh, thanks. Are we as good thanks. as Julia? Oh, absolutely for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure just a
0: slightly less famous. Just slightly less oh, famous. Oh, I mean,
1: <laughs> that's splitting hairs. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
0: All, All right, right. Well, have y'all. a wonderful evening. I guess okay, it's evening by too. now. Thank All you. It was good right. to see
1: you, Anne. I'll talk good to, to you soon. Too. So nice no, to We'll you talk, talk
0: too. soon, right? Yes, yes. Yes.
2: Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Bye-bye. y'all. Thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com, with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.